Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit make these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. It's mentally Hi, welcome to Mentally Yours, a podcast from Metro.co.uk. I'm Yvette. And I'm Ellen. And we're talking about money today. If you haven't noticed, we've been uploading an episode every day this week all about stress and money in honour of Mental Health Awareness Week. Today, we're going to be talking to Sarah Murphy, head of Mental Health UK's Money Advice Service. She's the last of our guests this week. We've had some really great ones. Have a listen back. They've included Gabby Dunn, Hattie Gabwell and Emma Gannon. We've also been chatting to general people about why you're stressed about money. It's a nice reminder that you're not alone. So if you listen to this one and Sarah seems very together and responsible, which she is, listen back to the previous ones and know that you're not alone if you're struggling with money. And come on over to Mentally Yours on Facebook, which is just called Mentally Yours, the Facebook group. Um, Or you can chat to us at Mentally Yours, which is Mentally YRS on Twitter. And head to metro.co.uk where we've been chatting about money all this week as well. My name is Mark Rowland and I'm a director at the Mental Health Foundation. Having looked at the issue of money and stress, it's really interesting to note that we know that money can't buy you happiness. It doesn't lead to the key things that help us be fulfilled in life. And yet poverty and the lack of money is a really big driver of stress and misery. So we've got to hold money with enough respect and and understand that it is a really important component of having the basics that we need. And and without that, it's normal that people will feel stress and that will be having a consequence uh, on, on their health and their quality of life. Thanks so much to Mark for helping us out this week. Let's get some advice from Sarah Murphy. So we're doing a series about stress and money. Obviously, money is hugely stressful. Why is it such a massive source of stress for so many people? I think if you don't have enough of it, um, it can be stressful because you're worried about paying your bills. Um, Can you afford your rent or your mortgage? Are you going to be homeless? Um, Have you got enough money for food to eat? Um, So I think not having enough of money um, can, can cause quite a lot of stress. And also... 
Um, I mean, I'm not fortunate enough to be in this position, but if you've got too much money, um, I think that can also come with its own pressures in terms of, you know, am I doing the right thing with it? People might actually be asking you for money and you don't know whether to give it to them or at either end of the spectrum that it comes with its own pressures, I think. Some people I know will say they're just naturally bad with money. Mm. Like they're just terrible spenders. They can't save. They're not comfortable with it. The whole thing makes them uncomfortable. Why is it that some people are just not good with money and some people seem to be completely confident with it? That's a very good question. I think I would put myself in the category of not being very good with money, despite being a money advisor. So I think it's very much the case of do as I say, not as I do. So whether or not it's just a genetic thing or perhaps something that you learn when you're growing up, sometimes I think, is it about just that impulse control? And actually, I really want those trousers and I'm just going to buy them. I think that that might have something to do with it as well. (laughs) Certainly in my I mean, same. (laughs) And just in general, stupid things. Like I just overspend so much on lunch every day. Mm. I know I could just make my own lunch, but instead I've spent like seven pounds in whole foods. One of the things that I experience, I think a lot of other people experience as well, is just they kind of shut down and just don't Mm. even want to look at their bank account, don't want to think about it. How can you deal with that and stop being terrified to look at your own bank balance? Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about mental health, we always say that it's it's really good to talk and that we encourage people to to talk about the mental health. But it feels as though there's something about, perhaps it's because we're British, we just don't like to talk about money. But I think if actually people feel a bit better talking about it and, and do feel able to talk to their friends or their family about money, then it kind of perhaps feels a little bit less scary and that can often make tackling your your bank statement or your bank balance a a little bit easier I think. I think it's also new technology out there now different apps. Um, I've got a Monzo app so it makes it a bit less scary because you can see it happening. Kind of embracing different different technologies I think is is one way. I have found that massively helpful just even having online banking on my phone because it used to be that I could avoid looking at my bank account and it would be this big moment every week if I needed to check and it would very scary mm. but now yeah I, I don't use Monzo because I've made fun of my boyfriend for using it for ages so I now can't join it <laughs> but I use Clio which is similar on Facebook Messenger and then the Halifax app I do think that makes a massive difference yeah you can see it happening live it's never going to be a massive surprise because exactly. you won't have spent thousands in a day hopefully yeah and I think some of the newer banks have got different sort of tools that they they offer you like being able to put money into different pots or kind of jam jars so you can kind of feel a bit reassured that if you've popped some money in your rent jar or your rent pot um, it's going to be there for your rent and that means that you've got X amount of pounds left over for the nice things in life so you can go home foods for your lunch and not feel oh gosh am I going to slip into the red which is massively helpful because I think the kind of old advice you were given was just kind of start an Excel sheet or keep a budget written down. Yeah. And any app that will kind of do that for you is hugely helpful. Exactly. Yeah. It just gets rid of a load of stress. Yeah. When mental health issues come into it, how can the stress of money impact mental health issues and how can mental illnesses affect our relationship with money? That's a really good question. Because I think you're right, it is that kind of spiral really and it's hard to know sometimes where it's you yeah. know, where it starts and where it ends. I think from my experiences, if someone's been ticking along in life perhaps without any kind of mental health problems before, sometimes if if they have some kind of change of circumstance in their life which then 
brings about some kind of income shock. So if, for example, you have a relationship breakdown and whereas before you had two lots of wages coming into the household, someone's left and, and you've, you've got to sort things out on your own or perhaps if someone sadly passes away, if you've been made redundant or you suddenly lose your job, something that kind of unexpected issue that impacts on your income you're then left in a situation where like I said earlier you've got those worries about um, how am I going to pay my rent or my mortgage how am I going to get to work or am I going to be able to get a new job and that can really start a bit of a downward spiral and uh, like a negative thought spiral which can then if you don't get any support or any help then it can really lead to kind of extra stresses anxiety depression you know you don't want to open the post and, and see what, what's coming through in terms of your credit card bills or if the phone rings there's quite a lot of anxiety about who's it going to be is it a debt collection agent is it my bank chasing me for money that I don't have or it's quite easy for them to people to slip quite um, low and or very anxious but the other way around if, if you're living with a long-term mental health condition depending on what it is obviously people are affected differently living with bipolar I think there's a, cl- a classic um, example that if if you're in a manic phase you might be quite impulsive if you've experienced delusions when you when you manic then it might be that you you think you know you've got grandiose ideas you think you've got loads of money in the bank I had one client um, that I was advising who when he was in that state thought he was a doctor um, and was earning sort of 60 grand when actually he was actually receiving benefits there's that kind of condition whereby if you're in that state money becomes you know no object or very people become very impulsive and will just end up um, going shopping a lot perhaps mm-hmm. or you know giving money away I've heard of people giving money away when when they're feeling like that so other conditions so perhaps sometimes people with schizophrenia particularly there, there are negative symptoms with with schizophrenia uh, where people um, can can kind of just withdraw um, sometimes there's kind of cognitive issues particularly side effects of medication and that can make just comprehending money a bit more difficult so knowing that if I've got 10 pounds today and I spend it today I won't have it tomorrow that can be quite sometimes those kind of concepts can be quite hard and that can lead to to problems with budgeting and then and then debt I think as well if you if you're living with mental health problems sometimes it means if, if they're severe enough, it might mean that you are having to claim benefits because you can't work, so your income is going to be lower. That means you can sometimes end up with, with payday loans or, or, you know, unaffordable forms of credit that, that can cause money problems. If you've got anxiety, depression, you know, that can... Well, particularly depression, um, you might not be able to have the motivation to, to open bills or sometimes people buy things to make themselves feel better and then that, uh, that kind of spirals in terms of debt. So there does seem to be a cause and effect relationship, I think, with mental health and money, but hopefully it's a spiral that, you know, people can get out of. Do banks understand if someone is bipolar, mm. they might not really want to be spending in that pattern? Like... I, I have no idea. Yeah, so I think they're definitely getting better. Mm. Um, when I first sort of got into helping people with mental health and money problems quite a few years ago now, it was a real challenge trying to get banks and, and lenders to understand different mental health conditions meant and how that might impact on their ability to, to manage money. But I think there's definitely been a positive shift over the past few years. And um, the more people have been talking about mental health, it's definitely you know, it's on the people's radars a lot more. And obviously banks have got ways of tracking our spending so, you know, you'll often get a phone call from the Ford department saying, have you purchased 200 pounds worth of clothes? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I have. Yeah. You know, they are able to track that. So they, they can kind of see these patterns. But there's sometimes a bit of red tape around, well, they can't just assume that that's because of someone's mental health, mm-hmm. pro- you, know, uh, you know, that they're doing that. So they need to approach that quite sensitively. So, but I think, I think they are getting better. But uh, it is 
having said that, it is still very easy for people to take out loans. Obviously, with online shopping and online applications, yeah. you can get you know a decision for a loan really quickly. It's a battle that we haven't that we haven't won yet. Yeah, I think that's the concerning thing is just how easy it is to get sucked into mm. not good loans and they're advertised on tv and advertised anywhere you look and if you are in a really bad situation you're panicking that seems like the right choice exactly the advertising is everywhere and that you know if you look at the small print it's like apr is actually two thousand percent or something and the amount that you pay back is just astronomical and it does tend to be quite vulnerable desperate people who are going to be applying for those loans and oftentimes they've just got no chance of of repaying them what should be happening, whether you've got a mental health problem or not, is those lenders should be doing like an affordability check with you. Mm. But, you know, we hear that often that that doesn't really happen to this extent that it should. And, and, and people do get into a bit of a pickle. I think a lot of it as well is just a kind of lack of understanding, like in terms of APR and all that kind of stuff. I have no idea what that means. Would be completely terrified to take any kind of loan. I don't have a credit card specifically because I just don't know these things. Mm. What's some kind of stuff that everyone should know to empower themselves and just feel a bit less completely overwhelmed and panicked. Like I said earlier, it's good to talk. Talking to friends, talking to to relatives, reading information from reputable sources um, and and kind of educating yourself in the same way that we would suggest someone educates themselves about mental health, try and educate yourself about money. So, um, for example, the Money Advice Service um, is an independent body funded by the government. They're not trying to sell you anything. Um, Their website is fantastic, explains all sorts of different things to do with money. So, um, And they also have a helpline. So getting kind of reputable information about money I think is the starting point I think another thing is is about being prepared so you talked about budgets and that can sound a bit boring and a bit scary but it kind of is as simple as you, you've got to know what's coming in and you've got to know what's going out and if there are online tools and apps and things that can help you to do that then, then that's great knowing what's important to pay and what's not as important to pay we would always say that anything where you stand the risk of losing something is the most important thing to pay so if you don't pay your rent a mortgage you might lose your house and um, if you don't pay your gas or electricity they might you might lose your supply they can come and disconnect you if you've got like a car on a higher purchase or a lease agreement if you don't pay that you're going to lose your car and obviously you've got to have money for food but things like credit cards and loans if you are struggling to pay those if, as long as they're not secured on your house or anything other than it affecting your credit rate and you can't really lose anything obviously the bank's not going to tell you that because they want that money back from you but kind of knowing that if you're struggling um, those are the things not to prioritise um, is is good to know. So kind of being prepared with, with that information. And actually, if you do find yourself struggling with money in, in, in debt or it's affecting your, your mental health, we've got a service called the Mental Health and Money Advice Service. There's a website which is mentalhealthandmoneyadvice.org. Um, loads of information there about the sort of the links between mental health and money issues, different hints and tips about how you might manage kind of impulsive spending. I've heard about people who put their credit cards um, in a plastic bag to begin with but then in water in the freezer have you heard that Um, so if you want to spend it um, you've got to wait for it to defrost before you can access your access your card Um, other people have given us tips around they know that they're going to spend if they're in a manic phase for example Um, and for a while they tried to stop stop that but um, then there was kind of lots of feelings of guilt and shame and that was making them feel actually worse when they were depressed so they've kind of learned to alright I'm going to go shopping but I'm going to leave the, the tags on and, and keep the receipts um, so when they know that they're going to come back down at some point they, they just go back and return all the items so 
That's actually a really good plan. Yeah, because especially if, I mean, if you've got a money issue that's then impacting on your mental health, knowing that there's support out there for you um, and that there are various different um, charities or the NHS, you know, that's there to support you with your mental health um, and lots of different kind of advice agencies that can help you with your money issues as well. If you've got a long-term mental health problem and you're worried that or you know that at some point it's going to impact on how you manage your money, knowing your options and being prepared. So, for example, there's the ideas like we just said about putting things in the freezer and uh, keeping the tags on, but there's kind of more formal routes that you can go down as well. So if you do claim benefits, um, but you find that when you're unwell, that's that's a struggle. There's something called a pointeeship where you can get someone else to help with your benefit claims for you, like a, you know a carer or a relative. Again, particularly this is useful for people whose kind of capacity fluctuates because of the mental health. So um, again, people with bipolar can find this option quite useful is to set up a lasting power of attorney. And that sounds a bit scary and a bit complicated and lawyers will want to charge you lots of money to help you fill the forms in, but it is something that you can do yourself. But it's basically where you say, okay, if I become unwell and I'm not able to manage my finances, uh, I nominate this person. It's obviously got to be someone that you trust uh, to to manage my finances for me. As there are some signatures that ha- you know have to go on the form. You send the application off and they kind of get a formal certificate, if you like, to say that this person has power of attorney. You can give that to your bank if and when you do become unwell. It's all above board and the bank will speak to the, the person that you've nominated. So they can say, oh, actually, can you put a freeze on this credit card? because I think this person's going to become unwell and spend a lot of money or particularly if there's mortgage issues. I've heard of clients who, when they've been unwell, they've put the house in the market and wanted to sell the house, but actually that's that's not what they went. Yeah. They didn't understand the implications of that. So it would have been really useful for a relative to have been able to speak on their behalf. So finding out the options that are available to you, uh, I think, is is key. I had no idea that even existed. Yeah. With those kind of money advice services, are they providing kind of the logistic financial advice as well as the kind of emotional side of things or is it more focused on one than the other? Yeah, it tends to be focused on one or the other. Mental Health and Money Advice, the website is the first UK-wide website that is tackling both of those things together. Um, we do have a small team of advisors um, who can tackle both of those things, but the way to get to them, you have to be referred through another party because there's there's just a, a handful of them. Um, but So, yeah, but most mo- mainstream um, advice agencies will probably be talking to you about the, the money issue or all the mental health issues separately. to our guest Sarah Murphy and to all our guests this week yeah. for coming and chatting with us about stress and money and for everyone to listening in as well I think we've learned quite a lot this week about stress and money and you know that we're not alone in being maybe rubbish with money speaking for myself yeah absolutely and also something that I've sort of thought about is how I mean people always say sort of over and over again that speaking about mental health issues helps I pretty much you know all our guests or, you know, the majority of our guests, I think, on our normal episodes have said, you know, talking really helps. I think the same can be said of money as well. Um, you know, pick the right people. Obviously, you might want to sort of shout at some of the rooftops, but that's probably the same for mental health issues as well. If you're really concerned about money issues, don't be scared to seek advice. 
and talk to people you trust. Because I think the worst thing you can do is kind of isolate yourself for both issues, mental health and money. And there's no shame in being, you know, having difficulties with money. I think what we've learned this week is that everyone has had struggles with money at some point. Like mm. even the most together person will be confused about money or also because we don't learn about it really mm. in school. Um, I think it's okay to ask for help and also just ask questions and mm. admit that you don't know everything. Yeah. That's fine. Like if you can't figure out your taxes, you're not alone. If yeah. you don't really understand interest rates, you're also not alone. But there are services out there that are going to help you. So um, if you head over to Rethink's website, they've got some really great resources there in terms of mental health and money. Thanks very much to Mark Rowland for chatting with us this week and thanks to Taluna who helped us out with the research on this series of podcasts. Mentally Yours is a podcast from metro.co.uk. Our producer is Sam Bonham. We'll be back next week with our regularly scheduled episode. Mm-hmm.